Hello, and welcome to Reality Speaks. This is your host, Jake Norton, and this is the podcast where we answer questions, ask questions, discuss questions. What does the Bible really say? What's really going on in this world? What are we as Christians supposed to do about it? Today, we are promoting a podcast while also <clears throat> going off on music. We're talking about music today. And if you're interested in what we talk about today, it will be further explored in the associated podcast led by yours truly. My solo outing known as Peculiar, which... We talk about the weird elements of what church people do. And this week we're going to be talking about music. And I thought it might be a good way to kind of do a crossover between this podcast and that podcast. And to maybe help promote this new little effort of mine. But anyway, we're talking about music today. And since the two co-hosts on Reality Speaks... Not me, but Brother Texas and Sister Bethany Young are musicians. They are church musicians. Bethany being praised team leader, Texas being a drummer, bassist, and a few other things. And the fact that they have both written some songs, I thought they might have something to say about the idea what church music is, what makes it special, and what the difference is in the way we do church music and the way that secular music is done. So let's get into this conversation about the peculiar playlist of church music. Welcome to Reality Speaks. I am your host, Jake Norton. I'm here with Bethany Young and Texas Young. And also Hooter Young is with them as well, last I saw. At the moment, all I'm seeing is BY on my screen. So, uh, But I do believe we are joined together with these people. Anyway, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We have, uh, if you have been following us on the Facebook page... You may have seen where I recently started um, a solo project called Peculiar, a podcast where we discuss the weird things that church people do. I use the word term church people to describe um, uh, people who attend churches and I am specifically meaning Christian churches. So, yes. Uh, I'm saying church people because I'm, not, I'm describing all Christians, not just a certain denomination, not just a uh, dedicated people, but everyone who attends a church is included in that. Not just the people who attend on a super regular basis, just the very culture of that. That's what I mean when I say this. So, I decided to kind of bring this on here to give you an idea 
the type of discussions we've been having on there. Uh, so today I have with me your normal co-hosts of Reality Speaks, and we are going to talk about music, and by music I specifically mean church music. I'm not meaning just the idea of music in general. So, on the basis, I'm just going to ask you this first one to kind of get your idea. What is your experience when it comes to church music? What is my experience when it comes to church music? Yes. What is your experience when it comes to church music? The question is vague. I don't know. It is very vague. Yeah. Okay. But how are you involved in church music? Oh. Yeah. But in the past, you have. I have in the past. You have led some praise teams in the past. You have led on more than just your our church's stage as well. You've done some stuff for some other churches for like youth services and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Also, so. You you've played instruments in church. You've sung for church. Now, Texas, what about you? Play the drums. You play the drums. Is that all that you do? Yes. That's a lie. <laughs> it is lately. I mean, it's all you've done lately, but you've also actually played for some youth rallies and stuff like that for other churches in ways besides drums. Also, we've got two songwriters here. We have one and a half. Come on, Texas has written a song. <laughs> two. Yeah. I've much more than two. Yeah, you've written several church songs. And one non-church song, at least. I think I've written two. Yeah, I've written a Christmas song, and I've written a love song. Yeah, you wrote the song that you played at your wedding. So, this is the kind of experience we're dealing with here. You guys have written church music, you've played church music, and you've also got this third level of experience, which is also kind of important, which is you two have both been involved heavily in youth ministry. So, which means you've dealt with trying to tell other people about church music and other ways that music can affect us. Yes, okay, so I'm, I'm just trying to establish what we're dealing with here. <laughs> uh, so, in that sense, what is it that makes church music different from other types of music? Literally everything. Literally everything. Okay. The only similarity really is... Well, actually, hold on. Instruments, vocals, notes. The music, I guess, can be similar, but the words are really everything because the words are what make it spiritual, whether about God or something else. Okay, yeah. So the key comes in that lyrics. That feels controversial to some people, though. 
because there's a lot of peop- church people out there who say that certain instruments are illegal. Those people are wrong. Okay, okay, so this is a hot take coming in here. So, <laughs> so you So you don't think electric guitars are illegal in church? Okay, but like, what about, what about rap music? <laughs> you really want to get into all that? <laughs> what, what about rap music? What about rock music? Come on, is there such a thing as Christian rap? I think Christian rap can, is kind of like, Christian rap, Christian rock, even Christian pop is kind of like the fact that some people can eat at a restaurant with a barn and some people can't. If you have a problem listening to worldly, worldly pop music, rock music, or rap music, you shouldn't listen to Christian pop music, rock music, or rap music because it'll be a temptation. But if you don't have a problem with that, then I think it's harmless. I don't think it should be the thing that you listen to all the time because... It's good to listen to the intimate stuff that it is it good to pray to. to. Well, you can. You can. I'm talking about like, you can. I mean, yeah, Jimmy says he prays to him. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, okay. Um, I 100% agree here. Um, it's a whole lot about your motivation. Because there are some, I I was listening to a playlist of some Christian music literally yesterday, and I heard this one song, it's by a pretty uh, edgy Christian band, I'll put it that way. (laughs) Uh, One of the more, lean more towards the rock style Christian music. And listening to the words alone without the context that, oh, you've got some guitar riffs and stuff in here that sounds like a rock band but just the words alone i'm like this is an awesome prayer song and it's it's played in that tune so yeah sounds cutting out I uh hello you still here I'm still here okay your sound was cutting out for a little bit there oh I know what happened I put my finger on the speaker I don't know why that messes it up it didn't used to okay I mean it's because I took my case off my phone but basically you're saying not all bands that call themselves Christian seem very Christian at all times yeah okay and if you don't like the band necessarily and you just like the song, I guess it's probably okay. But, I mean, I'm not your boss or your pastor either, so. Yeah. And also, a lot of 
what I'd like to talk about here is there's definitely some views when it comes to Christian music. What's your opinion on on this quote that I found yesterday? Were like who who is your audience when you are singing in church? Well, technically, it should be it shouldn't be for the audience. Okay, so. Well, yeah, yes and no. That's yeah. kind of like a... Yeah. Well, yeah, yes it's and no. It's a tight question. Yeah, it's, it's, it should be about God, but... I, I mean, okay, here's, here's... Well, it's supposed to inspire worship, but it's also to God, but you also have to think about who you are uh, going, like, what your audience, like, your physical audience is going to be, because... If you go to the nursing home and sing a bunch James of twenty twenty one James Wilson music, it's not gonna inspire them to worship because they're gonna be lost and confused and maybe even uh concerned. Well just think of that word. Yeah, I was kinda of thinking of the same thing. What was that word? There's a lot of layers to that question. Yeah. Uh, so what I found was people are talking about some, a lot of churches think they have incredibly contemporary music, but they don't in the eyes of the world have very contemporary music. Like, yeah. Uh, to us, James Wilson's Wait on the Lord and all that are pretty modern songs. But in the eyes of the world, they're picturing, and when you say modern music, they're picturing Nicki Minaj and Little Nas X. Gross. Yeah, but that's the tr simple. Or, I mean, there's a lot of different types of modern music besides those two. Billie Eilish is an entirely different genre. Taylor Swift is an entirely different genre. But that's their view of modern music versus you're, you're, you're thinking you're modern because you're playing Hill song or maybe even some Toby Mac songs. <laughs> so, uh, basically, when you're thinking of your audience, you've mentioned nursing home. But do you think that we should be trying to play all the most modern stuff to make our crowds happy? I don't think you should do anything to make the crowd happy. Because <laughs> that gets into making sure that you're following the will of the Lord for the service. Yeah, it should never be about the way the crowd is going to react to it. Well... As you said, yes and no. Because what you said inspire worship. You need to think about what's going to inspire worship for different people, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's like, if that's what you consider making people happy, then sure, but... But at the same time... About, so basically, you got to find the border from... Happy, but if you want to say 
happiness, which is a term I've never heard. <laughs> yeah, spiritual happiness is probably not the right word. Basically, it's two different questions to say make the people happy and uh, inspire, I guess. Maybe yeah. that's the word. I, I could imagine going to service and having a praise team leader who's like prayed up and, and knows the will of the Lord for the service and maybe the songs that they sing aren't necessarily pumping the crowd up. Oh yeah, I've been to lots of services like that. I mean, does that, you know. Well, there's a lot of different types of services. Yeah. Sometimes pump the crowd up isn't what you need and sometimes it is. No, what you need is it flows. Yeah. So, what is it that, what's your first thought when you're planning out songs for a service? What is your number one priority? What's your number one priority in choosing a song? I guess flow. Flow. Flow of it. I've never thought about that question before, so it threw me off. But completely off topic, but well, not really. But as the drummer and not the music leader, selfishly, my first thought is, do I like to play this song or not? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, that's definitely that goes in there, but it doesn't as much for me. I think one reason for that is. I mean, I'm not saying because, like, the spiritual ethic, I'm not saying that, but uh, just because most of the songs we play, I've been playing for years, so it doesn't, that doesn't affect me as much, but. (laughs) So, But, yeah, the flow of it is the first thing I think of, I mean, spiritually and not spiritually as well, because, like. I know this isn't going to make sense to people who don't play music, but Texas is going to laugh when I say it. If I decide to play a 4-4 timing song right after a 6-8 timing song, it's always a really, really bad idea. So, like, musically, the flow is important, and spiritually the flow is important, because the flow of it is partly what inspires worship. And then musically, if I screw up a song, it can also screw up worship, which I guess, technically, I guess that shouldn't be something that happens. But it is but a it thing can. that happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I saw a video that someone shared recently where it showed a guy getting ready to start service. And then immediately it just, the everyone was not in sync together. Uh, and basically he just immediately said, Okay, let's try that again. And then everyone started up again. And that's... What is the best way to recover if you mess up? To pretend you didn't mess up. So, you you think the guy shouldn't have just said, Okay, let's try that again? No. Just keep going. Oh, okay. Unless it's just really, 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 really bad and you have to start over to fix it. You just keep going. Pretend it didn't happen. (laughs) And that also goes with, like, um, 
our instrumentation on our platform, it's pretty easy to fake it with just piano and drums. Because there's a Especially lot. Not so much if you've got a guitar, a piano, a bass, and organ. It's a lot easier to fake it when you don't have a whole team behind you. So basically, you're saying it's a lot easier to fake it when it when you don't have a whole team behind you. Not even, yes, but not even fake it. But that's really that's what you should do when you mess up in front of people. Pretend you didn't do it. That, that's what my piano teacher taught me. If you mess up in front of everybody, don't stop, just keep going. Less people will notice that you messed up if you don't stop and continue. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Hall taught us as well. Yeah, I mean, I actually did see this happen on a very large stage once. Um, IBC. Youth Congress, 2019. Youth Congress 2019. Uh, first song, first night, Wait on the Lord. James Wilson is actually up singing it. And he says, There's not a problem too tall. There's not a problem so small. No one notices. Except for people who know the words to that song and that it's, There's not a mountain too tall. Yeah. And he, yeah, so he just... I could. I felt like I could hear the slightest pause in his voice, and then he just. One of the biggest things I'm scared of doing is when I sing. What's the name of that song? I can't. More Holy Spirit. The the bridge is. uh, I I increase. There you go. It's not it. Yeah, it's I decrease as you increase, and like every time I'm singing it, the whole time I'm afraid that you're gonna <laughs> say what you just said. I increase as you decrease. Yeah. Okay. So, because that's the thing, because that totally changes the message. It's all about me. It's not about you. Yeah, that totally changes the message of that whole song. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into a little more of what the top what the podcast is that um that we're talking about here which is called peculiar it's about weird stuff church people do so what are some ways that you think church music might be weird to people who are not used to church music ad-libbing yeah ad-libbing like in between lines, when the lead singer is usually feeling it, they're going to throw in their own mix, change up the beat maybe with how they sing the words. You, you mean like That's when you mean like when we were at um, at that concert, James Wilson, and they just suddenly start da na 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 na. I mean that's not well, even no, music. That's not like, even words. No, but you're talking about words. I know you mean like, like just throwing in a few words. Lyrics. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Like Kim Walker, what, what's her name's uh, little deal that she does? <laughs> Kim Walker. <laughs> yes, that. Like, I just thought it, it's very common in church. Like, it happens, like, almost every service. Not, I mean, not so I much. I mean, it happens almost every Kim Walker Smith song, too. No, she doesn't have the freedom to do that as much. 
But at like a church with a praise team, usually the praise singers will sing the, the actual lyrics, and then the lead praise team singer will sing the lyrics, but they'll usually put a twist and like yeah. lead them in or hold out a note or something like that. So the people who are not used to it are probably sitting there like, wait, what are the words to this song again? Because they've got the lyrics up on the screen, but at the same time, this guy's singing something totally different. Well, not totally different, but still. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, is this, uh, why do people do this? Just kind of a... Is it, know, is it to I show don't... off? Is it their way of throwing in their own worship or... Th their own message of what this song truly means, or what, what do you yeah, think it I is? Think more of that one. It's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this sneak of three. Leader. It's the equivalent to the guy taking up the offering, deciding to share his salvation message. Yeah, like <laughs> a sneak of three. <laughs> okay, so ad libbing. Anything else you just think might be different I don't know it's kind of hard for me to answer that question because I don't know I've never not went to church on a regular basis so I don't I don't know yeah and I've never like been to a church that doesn't sing apostolic music okay so I do have one that I've seen a lot of people talking about and that is lyrics yeah, and, and if you're talking about, like, from the Methodist church to our church, everything is different. <laughs> everything is peculiar. Okay, everything. All right. So, what, one thing that I've seen a lot of people talk about is the Jesus is My Boyfriend songs. Or are they... Well, you know, <laughs> this, that's actually something that really gets on my nerves. Is people complaining about because, it? Yeah, because and then it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. If you're not church, but obviously you're not attracted to Jesus. Okay. But there's supposed to be deep intimacy. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about That's fine. Hold on, you you did it again with your speaker. Sorry. Repeat yourself, Texas. I couldn't hear you. I said that's like, I mean, you're, you're gonna we're gonna spend eternity with Jesus, and that line itself is like a line from any lover poem. Like, I want to spend eternity with you. Yeah. I mean, I. I I, I, can, I, I, can I, I see that. I, I get where that you're coming kind of from. Song. Well, now, what and when I go back to what I said, it gets on my nerves. It doesn't get on my nerves when people who aren't in church or used to church can, like think it's weird because that's just, of course, they think it's weird. They're not used to it. But the people who should know better, for lack of better words, probably, yeah, that that's the thing about act it. like it's bad or weird to say that you want 
to sit at Jesus' feet. And what is it? I, that's Draw me close to sit you. At your feet. No. I know. I want to sit at your feet. Lay back against you and breathe. That exact line is one that people have complained about before. And the people that I heard complain about it were not people that should have thought it was odd. Yeah, here's the thing about that one in particular. Lay back against you and hear your heartbeat. That's literally in the Gospel of John. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of the Psalms are Okay, so here's the thing. There's one that people didn't modernize at all that came out recently that I heard people complaining about. And it's um, Breakthrough. Where it says, When the wicked, my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat at my flesh, and they stumbled and fell. That's literally word for word King James Version. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's good that they figured out a way to make that into put music with that and make it sound like it flows. And speaking of Psalms, uh, I talked to you about audience a second ago. Um, I, I heard it put this way. There's basically there's three types of church music uh, directed in three different places. And one of them is obviously directed to Jesus, where you're singing, I want to sit at your feet, I want to uh, lay back against you, hear your heartbeat. There's also singing to uh, the enemy, which is a lot less common now than it was in the book of Psalms. But basically where he's saying, oh yeah, my God is so great uh, that he's going to wipe you out if you try to attack me, devil. (laughs) And then there's the other one, which is singing to each other. Uh, And it's telling each other, uh, I don't know, just we're praising God together. I can think of some semi-modern songs that are examples of what you just said, though. Yeah, I know there are, but I was just saying they're a lot less common now than but they were back then. Common, yeah. Because we're we've got a lot less of um, basically we're talking a lot less often these days about literally wiping out our enemies the way that David did. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, because it wasn't so much just a like a. Metaphor, they weren't talking to the devil much. back then. He was talking to the Philistines. Yeah, it was like he literally would walk out his back door and hunt go, Just go on Facebook and just be like, "Listen, y'all, y'all quit bullying me. God, God's gonna send a fire to your house from the heavens." <laughs> Basically, yeah, get out there on. I would. If I see a modern-day version of Blessed is he that dashes your children against the stones, that, that's a pretty rough one there. One of the yeah. Psalms is saying, Blessed is the man that smashes your baby's heads against rocks. Oh, yeah, no, trust me. We had the same cousin. 
Um, yeah. That's... The difference there, though, and, like, the actual difference, the thing that sets us now apart from that is, is the fact that we are not God's chosen people. We're not the Jews. Like, in like, like I, we said this recently on the podcast, I believe. Basically, yes, we are still God's people now, well, but the enemy doesn't manifest himself the same way that he used to. Well, and the reason I, well, other than, like, other things, but, like, a big reason for that is because one reason God used to wipe the other people out so often was because he was just worried about saving the Jews. And he doesn't do that as much now because he wants all of us to realize his love and he died for all of our sins and yeah, all that good stuff. And another thing is that back then he wasn't trying to reach the enemy and now he is <laughs> when it comes yeah, to that's humans. What I, that's what yeah. I meant. Uh, what I meant and I wasn't expressing it clearly. Yeah, I, I I get where you're coming from. A whole lot of times now, he says to you, love your enemies. Do good to them that hurt you. Yeah. It just hit me why our views may not be so high today. <laughs> POA is live because of the times at this moment. <laughs> you cut out. What did you say? I said it just hit me why our views may not be so high on Facebook today. POA is live because of the times right now. Yeah, uh, so I don't think we're going to be quite as popular as Brother Mangan, maybe. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, back to what I was saying. Uh, but yeah, there's different directions that praises and music can go our core thing is we are thinking um when we come to church we're here to worship jesus we're here to praise god and one of the main ways that we do that is through songs and actually um music as a whole is meant to praise yeah. Um, so, based on that fact that music is meant to praise, how do you think that different music genres do affect the way that we uh, worship? Or does it have any effect at all, the type of genre that we use? I don't. I don't know that I know what you mean. Do you mean genres, or do you mean... Uh, styles. Well, each genre, I guess, is... Are you talking about, like, the difference between Christian pop and Christian contemporary, or are you talking about the difference between Christian contemporary and pop? Let's let's start with within the realm... Okay, let's start with uh, Christian... uh, Let's start with the the difference in... uh, secular and Christian, and then we'll go from there. Okay. The difference between Christian and secular is... Secular is not worshiping God. 
worshiping God. However, it's still worshiping, and that can change. That can, you're worshiping something when you don't even realize that you're worshiping it, and that's just very dangerous spiritually and just not a good idea. And if you're someone who loves music, it's really not a good idea to listen to secular music when it's just going to make you listen to, or it can make you listen to. And I, I will say there are songs that are probably harmless, like love songs, like if you're married and on a date. But... Okay. It's definitely never something that should be common. So, so because, like I said, it's it's worship, and if you sing a love song to your spouse, that can be appropriate not to worship them, but you are supposed to adore your spouse. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what you're saying though is that. A song about, um, oh, let's say, for example, having revenge on someone or an angsty breakup yes. song is still worship? Yes. So. All music is worship. So a song about keying up your ex-boyfriend's car or whatever is, is a worship song. Okay. So I guess what it would be worshiping <laughs> is bitterness. And that's not something you should worship. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. So, um, uh, so anger, revenge, bitterness. Yeah. You're still worshiping, yeah. even though uh, you may not think of it as worship. Yeah. All right. And that is another good reason why it's good to have. Uh, Jesus music playing if you're not in a great spot because then you'll catch yourself worshiping what you're supposed to worship without meaning to. And that's a good thing. Okay. So, by that token, there are a lot of different genres of music and they seem to bring with them different moods. There's definitely a tendency, as in general, rock music, country music, hip-hop and rap all have very different sounds and tend to have different moods with them. So, those different moods, how does that affect it if we're, say, singing a Christian hip-hop song versus singing a Christian contemporary worship song? Or does it affect it? This might be controversial, and I know it definitely is controversial to yeah. <laughs> some people. But I would go, I would venture to say that as long as the music doesn't overpower the words, that it doesn't matter. Now, if the music starts overpowering the words, that could be almost making it where you're worshiping the music more than what the song is supposed to stand 
forth. And th- I'm just pulling this out of my head. This is not any sort of philosophical. I have no, I have no off the cuff like biblical things for it. But it's just the first thing that came to mind. Uh, music, when it pertains to worship, is about or it, the words is what reflects it. So I think as long as the music is not overpowering the words of the song and the words of the song are good doctrinally good and doctrinally sound that it really doesn't matter what genre of Christian you listen to. Okay. As long as it glorifies God, not your problems or anything that isn't God, I think it's likely okay. And I do think that's also situational. Yeah. I, um... Okay. Hold on. I lost my track. There are some Christian songs, quote-unquote Christian songs, that play with very popular Christian artists and Okay, I'm, I'm going to list a particular song that I, I'm thinking of. Uh, Funky Jesus Music by Toby Mac. Yeah. There is literally no words to that song except for songs describing I am singing an upbeat song that is slightly related to Jesus. And it's okay to have this type of music because blah, blah, blah. And basically, I feel like the whole point is just, hey, listen to this cool beat. And it really feels mm-hmm. like it's worshiping the song instead of the one the song's about. Yeah. By another I token, let's go a little uh, less uh, to another song that I also feel like is kind of strange, but... I feel like is not quite as bad. I'm a Pentecostal. Yeah. Uh, feels almost more like it's glorifying your lifestyle more than it's glorifying Jesus. Yeah, and I'm actually not going to speak on that because I don't know what to think about that. But right off the top of my head, I think those things are okay. Like I, I'm, I'm not saying I they're listen. bad, but I'm saying they no, aren't no, no, necessarily no, the right thing that you should be singing in a regular church service. <laughs> yeah, I think those things should be more. Now, not as much. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a Pentecostal. Definitely has, uh, definitely has some spiritual things that I think it could be okay in a church service. But I think that what you're talking about, like that style is uh more inner more entertainment like good christian entertainment yeah i like i'm I'm not opposed to it by any by any stretch of the imagination i don't feel like i'm heard you listen to that song um yeah i'm yeah kids obviously you're not going to spend 24-7. There are so many songs in this world. I don't think that all of them are wrong in and of themselves. 
even the ones that aren't Any written by Christians for wrong. Christians. What's that? Other than serving God, anything can be wrong if you if done do with the certain wrong things. There yeah. could be a point to where reading your Bible is wrong. If you read your Bible 24-7 and never do anything else, that would be wrong. Because, for one, it's going to kill you because you're not eating, so you're going to starve to death. <laughs> for two, you're not praying, so you're not talking to God. Anything you do in life as a human, you can corrupt it because you are not divine. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, when God first created man and woman, there was no image of what sin could possibly be so honestly everything every sin that has ever happened is uh just a corruption of what god had made for us like yeah everyone everything in the range of human emotion you were created to be able to do but then sin entered into the world so now, uh, what once was love between a man and a wife can now become adultery because it's a twisting, a twisting of that desire to where yeah. now it's not just a man and his wife, but a man and another woman that's not his wife. Uh, we were naturally supposed to feel anger when something went wrong so that we would have a motivation to fix the wrong. Mm -hmm. But now, anger can become hatred, which we were not meant to feel. Yeah. So in that same and sense... Anger, anger, depression, fear, all those feelings are kind of like physical pain. You feel them so you can fix it. Yeah. So the reason we feel pain is that when we put our hand on a stove and it's hot, we know to pull the way. Yeah. And if you put your hand on a stove and it, you don't feel the pain, you're not going to pull it away. And that can will destroy your hand. <laughs> yeah, it'll destroy your hand to where you may even have to get it removed. And if you didn't feel pain, that would yeah. Pain is good. Sadness can be good. I said depression, but depression is what... Depression is the is twisted form don't of react sadness. Correctly. But uh, sadness can be good. Uh, I don't think fear can be good, actually. I, I fear can be good because fear tells you, oh, I'm scared to yeah, put yeah, my yeah, hand on the hot stove. Because you can fear God. You can, you can be scared to touch a hot stove. Things, <laughs> like, like you said earlier. And your fear, yeah, yeah, yeah. So fear can teach you to walk away when you need to. Anger can, uh, if you reflect on it, can show you that you need to fix something with someone. And so on and so forth. God created our brains the way that he did. In the same sense, music was created for that same reason. It has a function, but we have perverted it. I yeah. will definitely say, 
Um, you should be skeptical of music if you don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> yeah. And I would even say you might even need to be skeptical of Christian musicians that you trust. There are some I'm much less skeptical of than others because they've had a very consistent track record. But I'm skeptical about most new ones that pop out. <laughs> because yeah. the message that they teach, you need to make sure that you know for yourself before you start listening. And sometimes they'll say something you may at first hear and think, is that right? And they might be right and you might be wrong. Because that's happened. Okay, so I'm going to end with... Uh, I, I'm about ready to wrap up here. Uh, but for one thing, if anyone in the comments has any questions, go ahead and put them in because I've not seen any questions down there. But if anyone in the comments has any questions on the topic of Christian music, what's weird, what's not, or just something that hasn't necessarily made sense to you, go ahead and put it in the questions down below in the comments of this video. Uh, but... I'm just going to ask you one uh, one little question. What is the cringiest Christian lyric you've ever heard? Oh, heaven meekers like sloppy wet kiss. And I get the symbolism <laughs> of it, and I even like the symbolism of it. I just, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Texas, do you have anything to add there? I actually cannot think of anything off the top of my head. <laughs> You can't think of anything off the top of your head. Okay. Well, that's the only one I could think of, so. Uh, I mean, 90s Christian music is weird. Well, I don't listen to a lot of 90s Christian <laughs> music. So. Okay. All right. But I was literally talking about this yesterday, and I I said, have you ever heard Breakfast by the Newsboys? <laughs> <laughs> That's not cringy. That's just awesome. It's not cringy. It's just <laughs> dumb. Uh, or 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 the after side of "Got to Be True" by Stephen Curtis Chapman, where Stephen Curtis Chapman is talking to DC Talk and says, "Hey guys, so what do you think? If I cut my hair, do you think I could go into like join in a new, as a new member of DC Talk and enter into the Christian rap realm?" And he said, "Well, Stephen, you're saying you got to be true." And I just got to tell you, rap music is definitely you. Not. Because it's the 90s and that's what was going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. That's cringy. <laughs> uh, so, just my simple opinion. And honestly, the message of that song. You need to worship the way that you worship and if you try to do something just to be cool or trendy, you're going to look dumb and people are going to see right through you. <laughs> There's a video, I think it's Eddie James singing in the upper room, like in the actual upper room. Yeah. And it just like pans around. And shows everybody like worshiping and stuff. And then there's this one guy doing the robot. What? He's doing the robot. <laughs> and 
I was reading the comments one day and it was like, I worship like that as well. And I was like, it's like that one guy dancing and like posted the timestamp of it and was like saying that you can worship with performance of dance. And I was like, do you know what? <laughs> do you know what worship is? <laughs> Okay, yeah, so that doesn't feel like it's being genuine at its core. And really, I think a whole lot of it is, I mean, if you, there are some people, it's just going to be how they do things. We're all different at the core, which is why I think what you said about genre not mattering as much as lyrics is important. Because we're all different. So we're all going to worship different. And sometimes a certain thing is going to get through to a certain person in a totally different way. I know that I preach totally different than a lot of people. And there's some people who's preaching what I listen to. I'm just like, that definitely works for you, but that would not work for me at all. And it's in the same way. Well, that singing definitely works for you. It definitely works for your audience. But that would not work at our church. (laughs) Or for such and such other church. So at the core, need to know who we're worshiping and who we are that are worshiping, I I think, is important. You have any thoughts to add or anything? Anyone in the comments have any thoughts to add? (laughs) Because I think that could very well be a good place to wrap up, but just want to know any thoughts. I don't have any. Okay. Excuse me. Um, So. At the core, one of the most important things we need to remember is this. We sing, we praise, we worship for God. It's not about us. It's not about anything else. It's not about us. It's not about how cool we are, how awesome we sound. It's about Jesus. It's about lifting each other up. And to some degree, it's even about reaching people for God. It's about telling the devil, he saying, yes, the devil's defeated. God is awesome. We're going to make it to heaven someday. And why don't you come with us? Those are basically the four type of worship songs. The four types of Christian music you're going to hear. And if it doesn't fall in one of those four sections, starts to be a little questionable. So, uh, if you're wondering why we're singing what we're singing, at the core, it's going to be to praise God, to lift each other up, to tell the devil he's done, and to say, why don't you come join us? 
if you want. You can even stick all four in a song. <laughs> uh, so get on that, guys. Go ahead, write me that song with those four points, and we're going to sing it. <laughs> uh, you don't have to be a musician to write a song. You write it. <laughs> Your idea. <laughs> sure, we'll do it. All right. Anyway, thank you, guys. Um, so I'm actually going to be talking about this same topic on Peculiar Podcast this week. I was originally thinking I was going to upload this exact interview on both of them, but I think I'm going to make this Reality Speaks exclusive, this recording right here, and record something on the topic of the Peculiar Playlist of Christian Music. Uh... And that will be posted sometime tomorrow unless um, something else happens. So anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for liking this page. Thank you for following this podcast. And please leave us uh, likes, rates, reviews, and subscribes. And share us with all your friends. You are blessed in Jesus' name. And we will see you guys again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. And the live video is ending. <laughs>